And now, Audio Theater Central. Hello, welcome to Audio Theater Central. This is the show that's all about family-friendly audio drama. I'm JD, and this is episode 170. Well, today, we're just going to be sharing with you the replay of the 5th annual ATC Seneca Awards broadcast from August 26th. Now, there is no other content in this episode, so if you did tune in to the live broadcast or if you picked it up over at the Seneca's website, just wanted to let you know that there is no other content besides that in this episode. Now, the reason why we do this is we want to put this down the regular ATC feed for those of you who just like to have this come right down the uh, podcast feed to you and um, would prefer that over having to go over to the Seneca's website to listen. Now, we were not able to do winners acceptance speeches this year, but if you did like that from last year and you would like us to do it again, let us know. And if you have any thoughts on the broadcast and feedback on segments that we might do in the future, we'd love to hear from you. And if you want to let us know what you think about the listener's choice category that we added this year, we'd love to hear that. All right. Well, here is the fifth annual ATC Seneca Awards broadcast. Welcome to the 5th Annual Audio Theatre Central Seneca Awards, presented by Porchlight Family Media. The ATC Seneca Awards honor excellence in the world of family-friendly audio drama, and tonight's broadcast is brought to you in part by our fantastic partners. Blueberry Podcasting, OdysseyFan.com, Adagio Tees, and the Classic Tales Audiobooks. And now, here are your hosts for tonight... J.D., Roy, and Andrew. Well, thank you, Heidi. I am J.D. Sutter, and we're broadcasting from Phoenix, Arizona. I'm joined by my Audio Theater Central co-hosts, Roy. Hello. And Andrew. Hi there. This is not Roy speaking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us for tonight's broadcast. A huge, huge welcome to both industry professionals and audio drama fans alike. As Heidi said, tonight we're going to recognize some amazingly talented folks actors, composers, sound designers, and more. In addition to the awards, we're also going to be hearing from this year's guest presenters, writer and director Kathy Buchanan, yay, and the multi-talented, that is an understatement, the multi-talented Philip Glassborough. Absolutely. So excited for this lineup today. Really looking forward to uh, what they have to share. And real quickly, just want to say huge congrats to all the nominees this year, um, there was some amazing audio drama that came out last year, and as always, I mean, it's uh, it's tough going through this and trying to figure out the final nominees, and uh, boy, there are just some great talent that's going to be represented here tonight. Well, if you are joining us live, there is a chat right at the homepage, thecinecas.org, so be sure to join us there and uh, be able to communicate with other uh, listeners tonight. And that's always a great time. And I want to say thank you to our radio syndication partners, 920 WON, The Apple in New York, and Porchlight FM Radio. Now, you guys mentioned a moment ago some of the things that is coming up, but I also want to share that we have a sneak peek at an upcoming release, an exclusive that 
has never happened before in the history of the Seneca Awards. So you want to stick around. I mean, why wouldn't you anyway, but... That's right. It possibly has never happened in history. (laughs) Well, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for this particular recording, that's actually true. It is. That's actually true. And uh, thank you to our sponsors. We could not do this without them. Please support them and, and thank them for their support of the Seneca's. Head over to thesenecas.org, click on the links to head over to to check out what they have to offer. Um, those links specifically uh, will uh, let them know that uh, we sent you. So please support them and uh, and thank them. You know, maybe head over to their their page and just uh, say thank you. Uh, we uh, we really appreciate them. Well. We kind of like to start off things with a little bit of entertainment, and this year is no exception. And our first feature tonight is a, it's not quite audio drama, but it is a an audio sketch that was written by award-winning actor, voiceover, and writer, Denny Brownlee. He's over at Playful World Ministries, and for many years, he was an on-air talent at a morning show um, on a, a Christian radio network here in the United States, and he would write these little sketches, comedy sketches called The Morning Show Playhouse, and he would write these scripts one day, and then 7 a.m. the next morning, he would hand out the scripts to the morning show team on the station, and they would just run with it and just have fun with these scripts. They would have them for about 20 minutes to look it over, and then they never had a rehearsal at all. They just ran with it. And because (laughs) it was a morning show, you know, hijinks and laughter and all that stuff, because this is their first time hearing this, you know, they they laugh a lot of times. So it's it's totally not a straight read or anything like that, but it's very, very fun. And so he's allowing us to play this skit called Joseph's First Day at Hebron High. Mm. So can you imagine (laughs) Joseph and his brothers in the Old Testament, what if they were dropped into a modern high school setting? So here is Joseph's First Day at Hebron High by Denny Brownlee. Joseph's First Day at Hebron High. Ah, the excitement of the first day of school. New classes, new friends, new clothes, and surprisingly enough, that excitement was prevalent even back in Old Testament days. We now take you back to Hebron High, as Bildad and his locker partner, Amabad, are waiting for their buddy, Joseph, to arrive. Dude! Dude! What's up? Not much, man. Just hanging out, you know, waiting for the bell to ring. I hear you, man. So, did you get all the classes you wanted? Yeah, plus a bunch I didn't want. (laughs) Dude! (laughs) Yeah, looks like I got goat herding after lunch. Uh, Of course, 10th year Hebrew. Plus, I'm taking advanced signs and wonders this semester. Whoa, dude, major brain overload, (laughs) man. I'm taking shots. Sweet. (laughs) Just then, they heard a camel come screeching to a hop. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, dude, check out that set of hoofs. That thing's a two-humper, man. I'll bet that hauls. Hey, whoa, check it out. It's Joseph. Dude! Dudes! Nice ride, man. Is that new? Nah, it's last year's, but it's only got like 38 miles on it. Plus, I got it detailed and added those raised letter knobby hooves so it'll get better traction on the sand. Man, that's sweet. It rocks, man. But, like, how can you afford it? Dude, my dad got it for me. Yeah, but... 
My dad only gave me his 12-year-old caravan. Yeah. Thing takes up half of the school parking lot. <laughs> so, Joe, did your dad get you this awesome coat, too, man? Yep. Sweet. You're like the rainbow warrior, dude. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But how come your dad gives you all the cool stuff? What about your brothers, man? Yeah, well, they're all bumming pretty severely. <laughs> but, hey, let's face it. I'm pretty much going to run the show someday anyway. <laughs> Whoa. Dude, you are like such a dreamer. Yeah, man, I wouldn't let your brother Ruben hear you say that. <laughs> but suddenly, their attentions and their heads were turned by the presence of Beth Shalom. Whoa. <laughs> Captain of the cheerleaders. <laughs> Shalom, Bethy. <laughs> oh, I'm a bad. Don't be such a dweeb. <laughs> hey, Joseph, nice coat. Thanks. It's braided yak hair. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> anyway, I'm supposed to tell you guys that the pep club is putting on a sandal hop after the game Thursday night. <laughs> and with that, I'm a bad quickly pulled Bildad aside. Dude. Dude, here's your chance, man. Ask her to the sandal hop. Um, uh, um, uh, <laughs> um, uh, Like, what is your problem? <laughs> um, <clears throat> w- w- y- you wouldn't want to, like, go to the sandal hop with me, would you? Well, maybe. See, th- th- that guy Zorba already asked me, but uh. I'm like, Zorba <laughs> is such a Greek. <laughs> so, okay, I guess so. I'll meet you in the gym after the game. Whoa, dude! So, Joseph, who are you taking? Well, no one so far. I hear Pharaoh's daughter is available. Pharaoh's daughter? Yeah, in my dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Why not, dude? Well, for one thing, she's like Egyptian royalty. So? Yeah, right. Like, I'm never going to be in Egypt. (laughs) You never know. Nah, too rich for my blood. I was thinking about Rebecca. She's in my Hebrew class. I don't know, man. I saw her hanging around with all those Ishmael kids. (laughs) (laughs) They were behind the school smoking. Smoking what? Look like camels. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, how do you keep one of those lit, man? Face it, Joseph. She's not your type. But if you're nice... I'll introduce you to one of my cheerleader friends. Dude! What about you, I'm a bad? Well, I'm kind of busy, and I'm going out for the team, you know. Uh, I've been practicing all summer. I'm getting pretty good at tossing the old pig bladder around. That is, like, so unclean. (laughs) But, hey, Beth, you know, maybe you can introduce me to your cheerleader friends, too, huh? Oh, yeah, like that's going to (laughs) happen. Just then, the bell rang. The bell rang, and it was time for class. As Joseph fumbled for his books, he dropped his lunch. Dude, you dropped your lunch, man. Oh, dude, thanks. (laughs) What is it? It's a Reuben sandwich. Dude, you took your brother's lunch? That's cold. No no way, dude. My dad gave it to me. Whatever, dude. (laughs) Hey, you want to hang out after school? Maybe get a pita burger? Nah, I can't today. I told my brothers I'd meet them down by the old well so uh, I could tell them my cool dreams about how I'm going to run their lives. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> You're going to meet your brethren down by the cistern? That's deep, man. And indeed, it was deep. It was like way deep. Whoa. The, the end, end, dude. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Woo. I'm going to pronounce that... Good, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> that was funny. Roy's choking up over there. Yeah. 
Woo. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you, Denny Brownlee, for letting us share that with the audience. Oh, my word. How, how do we recover from that? Yeah. Good question. I don't know. I don't know. Dude. <laughs> Denny is a fantastic writer, great uh, talent. He's he's an um, audiobook narrator as well. So if you look him up on Audible, you'll find uh, a series that he's doing right now. That's a, It's a children's series, but uh, he's just a, an amazing talent. Okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Should we get to some awards? Possibly, dude. I think we just set the tone for the entire award show right here. That's amazing. <laughs> that was great. Oh, Whew. goodness. All right. Well, here is our first category. Heidi, take it away. Best cover art, A Slippery Slope, Adventures in Odyssey, Volume 71, from Focus on the Family. Freedom, William Bradford and the American Pilgrims, Part 2, Brinkman Adventures from Beach Glass Ministries. Exciting Events, Volume 11, from Your Story Hour. Journey Beyond. Base Camp Adventures, Volume 4, from Life Action. The Secret Garden, from Voices in the Wind Audio Theater and the First Noel Productions. Well, 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 well. What a slate of cover art nominees. Let's see. Let's open up the old envelope here. All right, Foley guy. Gee, <laughs> these are really big envelopes. <laughs> what happened? Where'd the paper go? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> oh, man, I had to dig way down in that envelope to even find this. Goodness. JD, please. Note to self, or note to JD, next year, smaller envelopes. <laughs> And the best cover art winner is Freedom, William Bradford and the American Pilgrims, Part 2 from Brinkman Adventures and Beach Glass Ministries. Sorry about that. We'll, we'll, we'll fix it next year. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations to the Brinkman Adventures. And our next category. Best Script. A Gift. From Audio Imagination 77 Productions, written by Matthew P. Warner. The Architect, A Bit of Time Travel from Somewhat Significant Audio Productions, written by Benjamin Kempf. Freedom, William Bradford and the American Pilgrims, Brinkman Adventures from Beach Glass Ministries, written by Ian Boltman. The Titanic Waif from Legacy Radio Theater, written by Darby Kern. Unrelatable, Adventures in Odyssey from Focus on the Family, written by Marshall Younger. And the script goes to... Unrelatable, Adventures in Odyssey, Focus on the Family, written by Marshall Younger. You're listening to Candid Conversations with Connie. Our lines are open. I've got time for one more call. And then... After the break, tune in to Wooten Bassett for all things superheroes and space cadets on Comic Book Cavalcade. Say hi, Wooten. Oh, hi, everybody. Hey, is that show title set in stone? Why, what's wrong with it? I can't say it. <sighs> Practice at home. 
We're also taking your comments online. If you have something to say and you can't get through on the phone, just write it out and maybe Wooten will read it on the air. <laughs> All right, we have a final caller. Hello? Hello, you're on. Uh, yeah, hi. What's your name, caller? It's Wes. Oh, hi, Wes. You have a question? Um, no. I don't think so. Okay, uh, can I ask why you called? You've been on hold for about 20 minutes. Oh, uh, did you call just to listen to the hold music? That's why I call the cable company sometimes. <laughs> Congratulations, Marshall Younger and the Adventures in Odyssey team. Absolutely. All right, one more category for this segment. Best Original Score. The Architect, a bit of time travel from somewhat significant audio productions, composed by Benjamin Crispin. The Christmas Bells, Adventures in Odyssey from Focus on the Family, composed by John Campbell. Freedom, William Bradford and the American Pilgrims, Brinkman Adventures from Beach Glass Ministries, composed by Jared D. Pasquale. Pirateers Season 2 from Eternal Future Productions, Composed by Drew A. Forbes. The Trixie in Wonderland Affair. Nick Guy Private Eye from Dominion Artists. Composed by Frank Uli. And the winner for the best original score is Freedom. William Bradford and the American Pilgrims. Brinkman Adventures and Beach Glass Ministries. And composed by Jared DePasquale. Wow, such a beautiful theme. Congratulations to Jared and the Brinkman team. Well, thank you once again to our partners, odysseyfan.com, the world's largest AIO collection. We will hear more from them later. And there's more of the award ceremony after this word from Blueberry Podcasting. We will be back in a moment. Blueberry Podcasting is proud to support the Senecas. Blueberry is a full-service podcast service company providing global distribution of audio and video programming, helping content creators of all types to publish, analyze, and grow their shows with easy-to-use tools and provide meaningful data to have a successful podcast. Audio dramas are perfect for podcasting, and we provide the ability to immediately monetize your podcast with advertising. Our support team is there to help you get started with free phone and email support to help you grow your podcast. Nearly 100,000 podcasters chose Blueberry 
to power their podcast, providing world-class services to help you build your brand and reach audiences through podcasts. Start your podcast today for free at Blueberry.com. A hearty, warm congratulations to all from the Blueberry podcasting team. And we're back. Well, before we jump into some more awards, we would like to bring Kathy Buchanan to the stage, the, the virtual stage, if I may use that terminology. <laughs> it works. Well, we are, are really, really excited that Kathy consented to speak to us tonight. She's a writer and director of uh, just some amazing audio drama. She's written over 100 episodes of Adventures in Odyssey and has also written for Kids Corner, Lamplighter Theater, and Holding Esther and Jaboda Bridge from Rivercross. She's uh, just an amazing writer, and we are just really, really happy to have her with us. And, uh, you know, I know the fan community is all abuzz with one of her latest projects to be coming out, and that is 28 Hours from Adventures in Odyssey, which is uh, only in the club at this point, but uh, just just some amazing work on those scripts. And we wanted to invite her to talk about her craft and and uh, how she got started and, and a little bit about adapting stories, which uh, she does for Lamplighter Theater. So, Kathy, thank you for being with us. Thank you, J.D., Roy, and Andrew for the opportunity to be part of this year's Seneca Awards. It's such an honor. And also, thank you for all you do to promote and appreciate audio drama. You make all of us involved in it better. I never imagined that this is the career I'd be in, and I'm sort of taken aback when I realize it's now been over 20 years that I've been writing for this medium. Um, and a little known fact, I actually came into writing because I don't know how to file. See, following college, I moved out to Colorado just to get a break from the Midwest and kind of have my 20-somethings adventure. But I needed money, and there was a job opening in the Adventures and Odyssey department um, as a coordinator, and you know, one of those organized people who can schedule and file and handle paperwork. For Odyssey, this also meant contacting agents and planning auditions and recordings and all that. So I fell in love with Odyssey during that time, but I was pretty horrible at my job. I just, <laughs> I don't think in that way I'm like 100% creative and 0% administrative. So a few months in, I had my review and... I'll be forever grateful that Al Jansen, who was the executive producer at the time, and Dave Arnold saw some glimmer of creative talent in me and said, hey, maybe you should just try writing a script. So I definitely feel that God ushered me into that place at that time um, and without knowing the calling that was in front of me. I just, I never thought that that's what I would end up doing. So fast forward 20 years and I'm still writing for Adventures in Odyssey. I think it's it's been over a hundred episodes, one fifteen, something like that. Although I'm not on staff any longer. I do freelance for them. So I also started working for other audio dramas like Lamplighter Theater. Um, I've got a dozen stories for them now and Gets Corner and Rivercross and some others. And Additionally, I've been able to write books and articles and even a theater production, and it's been just incredibly fulfilling and rewarding. I love it. I mean, I really, really love it. It's not easy, and there's times I get frustrated, but I feel the most myself, and 
the most fulfilled when I'm writing. Uh, one thing JD had asked me to talk about was adapting stories, which is what I do for Lamplighter, versus creating stories from scratch, like I do in Odyssey. And I enjoy them both. I really do. But they definitely require different processes. So when creating original stories, so much of the brain power is at the front end. It's creating something out of nothing. What's my story? Well, who's going to be in it? What's my theme? Like you just, you're, you're starting at ground zero. In adapting a story, you start with the framework. You already know how the plot is going to go and who your main characters are. You know what the goal is. But it takes a lot of finessing to transform the pages of a book into an audio drama. What needs to be cut or moved around so the story is more impactful? What needs to be added to show something that's only mentioned in the book? What characters could be consolidated? Is the plot building? Are the characters growing? And so you have these pieces that you need to put together into a compelling story. So it's kind of a, a bit of a puzzle to fit them all together and move them around and, and figure out how to make this, this build into a compelling story. So the other challenge with adapting is in a book, you know, the thoughts of a character because you can get inside their head. Um, and putting that into a script, instead of our audience reading their thoughts, we have to show our audience what our characters want and need and fear and hope and feel. And you have to show it through their actions and the dialogue they have with other characters. But you don't want to always, you know, you don't want to be on the nose about it either. It has to be realistic. And so kind of weaving that in there is is a bit of a challenge. And the book Secret Cove, which I ended up adapting for Lamplighter, the end of the book has Una giving this impassioned speech and convincing the town people to change their ways. And they do. And it's a beautiful take on Una as a character, but it's not compelling as a story that that's just how it all gets wrapped up because somebody tells them to do something. And it wasn't, it wasn't very believable either. So we were sort of left with this. That's it, you know, kind of question at the end. We needed a big moment where she could prove herself and her love for our, our hero in an active way. Like we wanted to sit on the edge of our seat to see what would happen. That's how we want our, our stories to build and build and build. And, and so you get to this moment where, where it's like, what is going to happen next? And we're all, you know, just excited and anticipating this moment. So in this case, the entire third act had to be reworked. Um, fortunately, the book had given us well-developed characters. And so it came pretty easily because we knew what they needed. So with all stories, whether they're adaptations or ones that I'm creating, originals, uh, I start with basically a worksheet that, or on my laptop. So my laptop sheet, I don't know, <laughs> um, that just kind of outlines and maps out what all the elements of story are. So before I outline, I map out like, okay, what's my inciting incident? Like what starts my character on his or her quest? And what are the obstacles they need to overcome? What's the black moment, the resolution, like all that. And so if, for original stories, this is generally where my inspiration comes from, um, is in just one of the elements. So let's say in Dreams by Constance, it started when I had this question, what would Connie do if she was planning a wedding and she needed to thwart it? She needed to 
make it not happen. And so that was became the inciting incident when the grandmother approaches her and says, you cannot allow this wedding to take place. And that then launched Connie and the others into investigating this mystery, which I formulated afterward. And another example, I've recently written an album for Odyssey, uh, which is only released on the club at this point. It's called 28 Hours. And weirdly enough, the first thing I knew about that show was the climatic moment, the I knew the black moment, the final challenge my characters would face. And after that, I sort of formulated how I wanted the story to start. But I had the hardest time figuring out how to get from point A to point B or point Z, as the case may be. Um, there were endless possibilities, but what's going to make the best story? And I felt stuck there for a long time, just trying to figure this out. So I guess to sum it up in the differences, writing original shows require imagination and more, well, more imagination and adaptations require more knowledge of story, like the structure of a story, even though both would definitely require both. But original stories heavier in imagination, adaptations heavier in a knowledge of story. And I love them both. And I'm grateful, so grateful that I've been able to write in both ways. So I hope that gives you a little peek into how scripts are formed um, before they come alive with the acting and music and sound design and all the things that we're honoring today at the Senecas. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of today's celebration. Congratulations to all the nominees. Your hard work and talent are noticed and appreciated and celebrated. So, And thank you to Audio Theater Central for making it all happen. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. I love hearing the little glimpse into the process of coming up with these script ideas. It is pretty amazing, especially all the wonderful behind the scenes moments of working backwards into a story, like with what she was talking about with 28 hours is pretty, really fascinating having just heard it. Um, that's, that's quite interesting to think that it was written <laughs> sort of uh, ending, beginning, and then fill in all the stuff in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's encouraging to me as well as a as an a young writer, not young in age necessarily, but, but a young in the, the craft of writing that even these accomplished and experienced writers do have those moments where they don't really know how to take the story and so they've got to just get in there and work it out and I think that's encouraging. So I'm I'm sure that uh, will resonate with uh, the writers in the audience as well. Well, before we jump back into the award categories, this next category is sound design. And I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Mr. Jonathan Crow. Uh, since, the, since the awards this year are recognizing productions from the year of 2021, uh, 2021 was his last year in the business. He retired from uh, Focus on the Family and he worked his final recording session in July of last year. He engineered over 100 episodes of the show and did post-production on almost 170. So I uh, just wanted to recognize that and thank him for all of his hard work and, and just amazing sound design moments over the years. He started with Odyssey on a two-parter, Patrick, A Heart of Fire, and he ended on a two-parter, The Lost One. So uh, thank you, Jonathan Crow, 
for your dedication to this craft. All right, Heidi, who are our nominees? Best Sound Design Dash to Pieces, Lamplighter Theater from Lamplighter Ministries. Sound Design by Todd Busteed. Freedom, William Bradford and the American Pilgrims. Brinkman Adventures from Beach Glass Ministries. Sound Design by Joshua Boltman, Alan Hurley, Rob Jorgensen. The Hidden Hand, Lamplighter Theater from Lamplighter Ministries. Sound Design by Alan Hurley. The Revenge of Bigfoot. Adventures and Odyssey from Focus on the Family. Sound design by Luke Gounod. The Titanic Waif from Legacy Radio Theater. Sound design by Craig Hart. And the award goes to... The Hidden Hand from Lamplighter Theater. Sound design by Alan Hurley. Oh! 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 Hold on to me, Miss Nancy! One more step. I'm trying. I've got you. The baby? Safe under my shawl. Throw me to supplies. Time to cut her loose. Wait. Wait. I've got a woman and baby that need to board the lifeboat. A a, a baby? That woman's a slave. There's no room for her, nor a child. There's only one lifeboat? We have a broke free, and this one's full. Cut it loose, I say. But you can't. You can't leave them here! Oh, God! Have mercy on your souls! They left us! Congratulations to Alan Hurley. And our next category... This year, I've been honored to receive a nomination for Best Supporting Actress, so, J.D., take it away. All right. Well, the nominees for Best Supporting Actress are Abigail Bourne as Lay Christian in Infiltration and Escape from Shadows and Daylight, Mackenzie Harris as Miriam in The Adventum, Volume 4, Jazeel Rennie as Patty in The Hidden Hand from Lamplighter Theatre, Barbara Rosenblatt as Mrs. Medlock in The Secret Garden, Voices in the Wind Audio Theater and the First Noel Productions, and Heidi Stewart as Phoebe in Dashed to Pieces from Lamplighter Theater. And the winner of Best Supporting Actress is... Oh, tiny paper. (laughs) Found it. Mackenzie Harris as Miriam in The Adventum, Volume 4. Miriam! I am so overcome with joy. I, oh, I... You feel a song coming on? I do. I do. I remember. Miriam. Miriam, you can hear me. I hear you. I love when you play the tambourine, when you sing... There's such a joy in you, Miriam. A joy you share so freely. Moses. What is it? What do you need? Aaron's on his way. He's getting something to cool you down and help you feel better. Moses. Yes. I love you. Oh, Miriam. I love you, too. 
Mm, what a moment. Congratulations to Mackenzie Harris. And our next category is... Best Supporting Actor. Jordan Haro as Joshua in The Adventum Volume 4. Andy Harvey as Black Donald in the Hidden Hand Lamplighter Theater. Will Ryan as Greg the Grasshopper in The Ant and the Grasshopper, Skyship Dreamer. Rich Swingle as Kimsis in The Adventum Volume 4. Duffy Weber as Whitlock in Pirateers Season 2. And the winner is... Jordan Haro as Joshua in the Adventum Volume 4. Oh, uh, speaking of appointments, I've lined up individual meetings with each tribal leader to talk over what's ahead, logistics, challenges, that kind of thing. Good. I know the people were a pain to you, Moses, but I have to tell you, they've been very supportive. They're behind me all the way. Just as I prayed. And here we are. And... Where is here? My mountain. Mount Nebo. When I was a young man, I remember you invited me up the mountain to meet with God. This time, I will be going alone. Oh. I'll, I'll just wait for you here, then. Joshua. My dear Joshua. I am not coming back down from this mountain. Ever. I know. Congratulations to Jordan Haro. Well, as you heard, Will Ryan was posthumously nominated for his role as Greg the Grasshopper in Skyship Dreamer from Abide. And, um... Will Ryan passed away last year, November 19th, 2021. And we we knew that we had to commemorate uh, his work in this audio drama medium this year at the awards. And so Roy worked very hard putting together a, a tribute reel of some of some of the iconic moments in different uh, characters that he's played over the years. And, um, uh, we're going to play that in just a moment, but uh, Will was born in 1949 in Ohio, and he uh, first joined Adventures in Odyssey as the voice of Bill Moorhead in episode number two, The Life of the Party, and he played 166 characters and appeared in almost 400 episodes of the show, and he did a lot of other work besides Adventures in Odyssey, but I know that the audience here knows him best as Eugene Meltzner. So here is uh, our uh, tribute to this amazing, amazing, talented actor and performer. Now that's a good story. And there are two stories about me. This has been a good day after all. Oh, hello. My name's Guy. What's yours? You cut your hair! Are you trying to tell me something? Why? I just thought I'd ask. No, why did you do it? Boy, you'd think in the stomach of a fish you could find some peace and quiet. Why don't you kids go out and play in some other fish? 
I've got problems to sort out. My name is Eugene Meltzner, and I'm a science student and, might I add in all modesty, a recognized genius at the Campbell County Community College. I'm sure you've heard of it. I think we killed wit's end. It's not a thermometer, Mr. Riley. It's a weather gauge. You see, it not only measures temperature, but it also records wind speed, barometric pressure, and relative humidity. However, for my present purposes, I need only temperature and wind speed. Aha! It is currently 12 degrees below zero Celsius, or 20 degrees Fahrenheit, if you prefer. Oh, come now. They're so far-fetched. Now, take the second one, for instance. I mean, can you imagine a man being able to swallow a hole in the ground? <laughs> it's completely la laugh laughable. Are you okay? While I find some of your native region to be quite lovely, on the whole, I've discovered it to be relentlessly arid, unyieldingly rugged, and ready to prod, jab, stick, and otherwise poke my person with all manner of rock and branch at a moment's notice. Uh, uh, to borrow the colloquialism. To borrow the colloquialism. To borrow the colloquialism. Greetings and Salutations, Jared. Greetings and salutations. Greetings and salutations, Mr. Shank. I'm still slightly confused. Where, where's Jack? Uh, uh, Jack's supposed to be here. Uh, then Connie, Tom, and Bernard came in. I don't know what other option we have. Oh, I'm sorry, Katrina, but don't worry. I'll whisk you away to civilization, safety, and finally, our wedding, post-haste. And finally, we come to item 96. The Duchess was heard to say that she hates onions. Oh yes, I, I'm I'm recollecting on my own day in court how I so desperately wanted a father, and now I've become one. <laughs> it, it's as though uh, it all came together as God planned. Precisely, uh, Mr. Whitaker. Uh, Connie. Oh, you must be Eugene. Uh, yeah, yes, I. Uh, I think you want two doors down to the left. Oh, um, uh, sorry to bother you. That's okay. For Lindy by the sea, there's just one place to be. So motivate your feet and me at Rusty's Rhythm Club. Why would the ghost of Christmas present, that's me, want to eat a distasteful little miser like you? I'm the only kicker. <laughs> I bounce through from plate to plate, having all kinds of fun with all kinds of friends, like my best little buddy, Rue. Watch out, Eeyore. It might be a trick. Good guess, Tigger. Well, there are good tricks like this one. No yard arm. Sharks are my favorite fish. I kind of got that impression, Sharky. They're like us, always on the move, snapping up anything that catches their eye. And nobody likes them, just like us! If this old chart is right, Banana Island should be dead ahead. <laughs> Let's hope it's got something on it worth stealing. A movie the gourmet. You should cook like me all day. <laughs> star light, star bright. First star I see tonight. I wish I may, I wish I might. Have the wish I wish tonight. What did you wish for, Bertram? Oh, I, I can't say. Otherwise, it, it won't ever come true. Wouldn't surprise me if Bertram wished to be mentioned in more stories. What do you think? Mm. Mm. Well done, Roy. Well done. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. It was a hard. It was hard to do that. Uh, but I wanted to keep it light and uh, feature mostly Eugene and then some of the work that he did for Disney as well. So, And in the background, there are three tracks from Will's album, uh, The Cactus County Cowboy. Will Ryan and the Cactus County Cowboys. Hmm. 
Well, we know that we can continue to enjoy his work for for many more years. We're we're thankful for all of the uh, episodes of Eugene that we have thus far. And uh, Will Ryan, you are missed. Well, a quick thank you to Adagio Tees for partnering with us for the broadcast tonight. Head over to pfm.link slash t to learn more about them. And we'll be back with more audio drama goodness after this word from odysseyfan.com and a moment for Station ID. What started in 1992 with just two Adventures in Odyssey cassette albums has now grown into the largest collection of AIO merchandise and memorabilia in the entire world. Located in Indianapolis, Indiana, the Odyssey Fan Museum of over 1,700 unique items is available for you to tour. See this amazing collection that includes many rare and one-of-a-kind items for yourself. Schedule a tour, browse the complete inventory, and a whole lot more at odysseyfan.com. That's odysseyfan.com. And we're back. More of the awards coming up in just a few moments, but it is time now for our second featured production of the broadcast. And this year I decided to feature a production from the Audio Drama Alliance. And last year, uh, the team over there launched the first episode in a new series of short comedies called Sonic Comics. And this production is called The Lucky Penny, and it was written, performed, and produced by members of the group. And quick shout out to Christopher Green, who founded that group many years ago, and it came under the uh, Porchlight Family Media umbrella in just the last couple of years. You can find out more about them at audiodramaalliance.weebly.com. But now let's take a listen to The Lucky Penny. The Audio Drama Alliance. Sonic Comics, the comic strip for your ears. Episode 1, The Lucky Penny. Oh, what's the point of even setting an alarm? It's just going to go off whenever it feels like it. You're running late again, Grant. I know, Mrs. Henderson. You know he's going to fire you this time. I know, I know, I... What's this? What'd you find? Is it valuable? Because if it is, I think it's mine. No, Mrs. Henderson, (laughs) it's just a penny. A lucky penny, maybe? You sure look lucky. Come on, you're going to take a little ride with me. (laughs) I need all the help I can get today. Oh, man, yuck. Notes to self. Always check your pockets for old Kit Kat bars before leaving the house. Oh, great. Now it's all over me. Watch out! Ow! Sorry! Crazy bikers! Why don't you go drive a gas guzzler like a normal person? <laughs> all right, Penny. You can start being lucky any time now. <sighs> all right. You're halfway there. You can do this. Hey, watch where you're going. Huh? What's he saying? You're heading straight for that wet cement. Is he talking to me? Look at what's in front of you! Oh, man. What is this stuff? Cement? 
Hey, pal. You all right? Come on, man. You could have warned a guy. Just keep going. Just keep going. Let's see. How much time do I have left? Five minutes? Okay, uh, not a problem. You got this. Ugh, not my phone. Ugh, not my pants. Tonight at 11 o'clock, local man rips trousers. Exclusive footage. Oh, right not here. Brock Weaverly from the Channel 10 News. Almost there. Just one more block. Come on, Lucky Petty. I still believe in you. Wait, what's that noise? Oh no, the cement is drying. Gotta just keep moving. <laughs> Morning, Grant. Still running late, I see. <sighs> Morning, Mrs. Henderson. Things can't get any worse now. Of course it did. Oh, come on. You're almost there. I, I did it. I did it. Hooray! Woohoo! Yeah! Cooper, you're late again. What? No, I'm not. Look, my phone says I still got five minutes left. No, wait. That doesn't make sense. Oh, man, I, I guess my screen froze when I dropped it. I'm sorry, Mr. Miller. I, I can explain. I've heard them all before, Grant. This is the third time this month you've been late. I have no choice but to fire you. Now, please clear out your things. But... On second thought, go home and shower first. You look... Uh, what's the word? Um... Awful. Yes, that's it. Well, thanks a lot, Lucky Penny. Not only were you the worst Lucky Penny I've ever seen, I'd say you were downright unlucky. Everything got way worse when I picked you up. So here, huh. why don't you make someone else's life miserable? What is that noise? Ah, my ears! Make it stop. Uh, make it stop. What? It was a dream? Oh, it was all a dream. Wow. Phew. Well, Grant, that's what you get for eating a three-cheese pizza right before bed. Should have just stuck with your usual pineapple and anchovies. <laughs> <laughs> Unlucky pennies. Ha! Ridiculous. <sighs> There's no such thing as luck, Grant. Let's see, what time is it? You're kidding me! I'm late again?! Ah! Oh. Okay, okay. Gotta grab a shirt, my pants, my... Wait, what's this? What in the world? The, the penny? What are you doing here? The Lucky Penny was written by Austin Peachy and Ben Kempf. In order of appearance, our cast was Dominic Trice as Grant. Mrs. Henderson was voiced by Trisha Rose. The bicyclist was played by Alicia Hansen. The construction worker by Charles Akers. Brock Waverly by Christopher Green. 
and the boss was voiced by Jonathan Cook. Our executive producer is J.D. Sutter. Christina Frizzell was our director. Voice track editing by Michael LaFaver. Music composed by Dominic Trice. Sound design and mixing by Ben Kempf. Sonic Comics is a production of the Audio Drama Alliance. I'm Mark Henry Cooney. Thanks for listening. Mm, that's fun. I love that. Yeah. They did a great job. The scary penny. Yeah. <laughs> that's the more appropriate title, yes. <laughs> it's what is it? Like a combination comedy horror. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> well, let's jump back into the awards. Our next category is Best Leading Actress. Katie Lee as Capitola in the Hidden Hand Lamplighter Theater. Katie Lee as Connie Kendall in Unrelatable, Adventures in Odyssey. Amy Lilly as Marcel in The Titanic Waif. Georgia Lee Schultz as Mary Lennox in The Secret Garden, Voices in the Wind Audio Theater, and The First Noel Productions. Laura Welshberg as Louisa May Alcott in Nurse Tribulation Periwinkle, Your Story Hour. And the winner is... Oh, uh... Big envelopes, now envelopes made out of steel. Oh. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right. Best Leading Actress, Katie Lee as Connie Kendall in Unrelatable from Adventures in Odyssey. Are you okay? Yeah, I just need a second. <clears throat> All right, I'm good. Jasmine commented this show should be a romantic movie called Second Chances with Spencer and Connie playing themselves. <clears throat> oh, hey, look, Connie's back. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. Uh, Spencer? Yeah? I've got some things to say, and I want you to listen to me carefully, okay? Okay. You need to stop focusing on what you did years ago. You need to think about the choices you're making now. My choices are limited now. You have 10,000 choices every day. We all do. Connie, you don't understand. I do understand. It's too late for me. Not true. Jesus can redeem you right here, right now. That's so easy coming from someone who probably has nothing to redeem. This is not about me. It is about you. Congratulations, Katie Lee. And our next category is... Best Leading Actor. Richard Everett as William Brewster in Freedom, William Bradford and the American Pilgrims, Brinkman Adventures. Nato Jacobson as Navratil in The Titanic Waif. Gregory Jabara as Henry Wadsworth Longfellow in The Christmas Bells, Adventures in Odyssey. Billy Comets as Ezra in Worth It, Adventures in Odyssey. Peter Morton as Miles Standish in Freedom, William Bradford and the American Pilgrims, Brinkman Adventures. And the winner is... Gregory Jabara as Henry Wadsworth Longfellow in Christmas Bells from Adventures in Odyssey. Silent and soft and slow descends the snow. Even as the troubled heart doth make in the white countenance confession, the troubled sky reveals the grief it feels. O mighty God, 
Why has this happened? Why am I visited with such calamity? I have lost two beloved wives, a baby daughter, and now my oldest son is paralyzed and may not survive. Can you not see, God? Can you not feel this pain? Are you asleep? Are you there at all? Perhaps you are dead. Mm. What a powerful scene there. Congratulations to Gregory Jabara. Also, real quickly, wanted to mention that uh, we did have two posthumous nominees this year, Will Ryan and Billy Comets, um, who played Ezra in Worth It. Um, just a, a few weeks after his cancer diagnosis, he died at the age of 35 on June 9th, 2022. I do believe this was his first Adventures in Odyssey episode, but um, a very, very tragic, tragic thing. But um, what a performance he gave there as as Ezra in that in that uh, episode. Hmm. Yeah, that's terrible. It makes his role like even more like I don't know. He nailed that yeah, he role. Yeah. Just um, fantastic work there. Well, let's move on to our last category for this segment, and it is the best new show. Heidi, best new show. A Christmas Carol from the Merry Beggars. The Story of the Candy Cane from Family Friendly Stories. The Titanic Waif from Legacy Radio Theater. And the winner is... Someone. Some new show. Here we go. The winner is The Titanic Waif from Legacy Radio Theater. Children only. I say women and children only. Lock arms, boys. Nobody gets to unless we say so. Get back. Mr. Lighter. Mr. Hoffman, bring your children. Up here, up here. Give way, you. I've done all that I could. Give us your boys. This is Edmond. Right. Where you go, Edmund? Mario. A moment, please. Mr. Hoffman, we must hurry. I must say goodbye to Michel. Quickly, man, quickly. Michel. Yes, Papa? I must tell you something. It is very important that you remember. All right. When you see your mother, you must tell her exactly what I'm about to tell you. Yes, Papa. Oh, my child. Mr. Hoffman, we cannot delay. Do you understand, Michel? Yes, Papa. I understand. We've got to get him on board now, Mr. Hoffman. Now. Congratulations to Legacy Radio Theater. Well, before the break, just want to say, if you have been a winner from a prior year and you have not yet sent us 
your photo with your trophy so we can add it to our photo gallery on thesenecas.org, please, please do so. We, you know, this is a virtual event and, you know, the audience doesn't get to see you. So we would, we would love to have that to add to the gallery so everybody gets to see your beautiful smiling face with your award. And uh, so if you haven't done that yet, please send that in for us. Well, thanks again to Blueberry Podcasting, an industry-leading podcast solutions company, for their support of the Seneca Awards. Be sure to check them out at pfm.link slash blueberry. That's blueberry without the E's, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. And the classic tales, the cure for the common commute. Shop the library of classic literature audiobooks performed by award-winning narrator B.J. Harrison and check out the free titles released on their podcast. It's all at ClassicTalesAudiobooks.com. We'll be back with more right after this message from Adagio Tees. The ATC Seneca Awards broadcast is brought to you in part by Adagio Tees. Adagio is the Internet's premier source for loose-leaf teas, for hot or iced teas. They offer black, green, chai, herbal blends, or create your own custom blend. Adagio also has tea cookies, tea kettles, even t-shirts. Everything the tea enthusiast could want. To see their amazing selection, head over to pfm.link slash tea. That's pfm.link slash T-E-A. Welcome back to the fifth annual Seneca Awards. This is our final segment for this year, and we are going to start this segment off with bringing Mr. Philip Glassborough to the virtual stage. He, as Andrew said at the top, he is very much a multi-talented uh, fellow. He's a writer, director, actor, casting director. Anything in the audio drama space, pretty much he's done. <laughs> and um, he's just a, a, a wonderful human being. He's just a, a delight to to talk to. And we're so grateful, so grateful that he consented to speak to us tonight. He has worked on... Uh, focus on the family radio theater, many of their productions as both an actor and a writer. And he has done voices for, you know, a lot of the top productions in the Lamplighter Theater series. He's been in Extraordinary Adventures of G.A. Hinty. And he's going to talk about a little bit of audio drama history, some career highlights, and a little bit about how a good story relates to our lives. If you have ever seen the name Philip Sherlock in the credits of an audio drama production, that is Mr. Glassboro. He uses that name for his acting credits. And so we're just thrilled to have him here with us tonight, all the way from the United Kingdom. Mr. Glassboro, the floor is yours. There are always more stories to be told and more adventures to be had. Well, that's the wonderful actor Brian Blessed, and I can wholeheartedly echo those words. There are indeed always more stories to be told and more adventures to be had. I'm Philip Glassborough, and J.D. Sutter has asked me to share with you some of my adventures in audio. It's a joy to be with you virtually at the fifth annual Seneca Awards. Good to be with kindred spirits who labor in the field of audio drama. Hail to thee, 
fellow actors, writers, composers, directors, recording engineers, producers, casting directors, sound designers. Please forgive me if I've missed you out. And of course, by fellow workers, I don't mean only male. It's a good fellowship to work in. Not very lucrative, as you may have noticed, but immensely rewarding, wholesome work. On the side of the angels, as they say. And how splendid that it's being recognized and applauded by Audio Theatre Central and the Seneca Awards. Back to Brian Blessed. I've had the joy of directing his storytelling sequences for the G.A. Henty Adventures with Elum Audio. I was so glad when Brian agreed to play Henty. I'd worked with him before, and he has a wonderful voice, of course, but he also kind of is Henty. Brian's a fine actor, but he's also a great adventurer in real life. He's climbed Everest. He's gone on expeditions. He even trained as an astronaut. Uh, you can hardly believe all the things he's done. And yet they're all true. The only problem is whenever we take a quick break from recording, he tells us these incredible stories, like when he was training at NASA or he met the Dalai Lama. And we mustn't get too carried away listening or we'd never get back into the studio. As an actor, I've been privileged to appear in some shows that may be known to you in America. For Adventures in Odyssey, I played the mysterious messenger in Malachi's message. That was extra special for me because our daughters, Emily and Katie, were both devoted fans of Odyssey. And now their children are also keen Odyssey listeners. So what a joy that was. And to work with legendary voice artists like Katie Lee and Paul Herlinger and my friend Will Ryan, much missed. The voice of Eugene Meltzner and about 397 other characters. And a brilliant songwriter and ukulele player to boot. I write songs too, so we often compared notes. Uh, no pun intended. I was also fortunate to act in the Focus on the Family radio theatre dramatization of The Lion, The Witch and The Wardrobe, working with more legendary names, writer and director Paul McCusker, producer Dave Arnold and sound designer Mark Drury. Elizabeth Eaton was Lucy and I played Mr. Tumnus. It's no good. Mr. Tumnus, whatever is the matter? Why are you crying? <laughs> Me? Oh, please, Mr. Tumnus, don't cry. What's the matter? Aren't you well? Here, take my handkerchief. Oh, thank you. Now do tell me what's wrong. Mr. Tumnus, please. Oh, me, oh, me, oh, me. Stop. Stop at once. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. But A great big fawn like you? <laughs> what on earth are you crying about? Well, I'm crying because I'm such a bad fawn. I don't think you're a bad fawn at all. I think you're a very good fawn. You're the nicest fawn I've ever met. Oh, you wouldn't say that if you knew. Oh, no, I'm a bad fawn. I don't suppose there ever was a worse fawn since the beginning of the world. But what have you done? Oh, my old father, that's his picture over the fireplace. He never would have done a thing like this. A thing like what? <sighs> like what I've done. I've taken service under the White Witch. That's what I am. I'm in the pay of the White Witch. Who's she? Why, it's she that's got all Narnia under her thumb. It's she that makes it always winter. 
always winter and never Christmas. Think of that. How awful. Such an honor to portray Mr. Tumnus. My first acting job many moons ago was with the Shakespearean Theatre Company. When I started out here in England, one's first job was usually in the theatre. Nowadays, young actors often go straight from drama school into TV or film. But for me, for a future career in audio drama, although I didn't know it at the time, could there be any better training for the ear than speaking and hearing Shakespeare? Hamlet says to the actors, we'll hear a play tomorrow, because theatre in Shakespeare's day was mainly about language. There were costumes and props and settings, but they were pretty limited. So Shakespeare painted the scenery with words. As part of the prologue from Henry V, the chorus enters to set the scene and to entreat the audience to use their imagination. Can this cockpit hold the vasty fields of France? Or may we cram within this wooden O? Sorry, let me interrupt to say that by this, the cockpit and the wooden O, Shakespeare meant the Globe Theatre in London, which was built in the shape of an O. Just as you can see today if you visit, because it's been reconstructed to the original plan. Okay, back to the bard. Or may we cram within this wooden O the very casks that did affright the air at Agincourt. Let us on your imaginary forces work. Think, when we talk of horses, that you see them printing their proud hoofs in the receiving earth. For tis your thoughts that now must deck our kings, turning the accomplishment of many years into an hourglass. Your humble patience pray, gently to hear, kindly to judge our play. Ah, to hear a play, well, that's audio drama. Goes right back to Shakespeare. And of course, even further back still to Greek and Roman drama, where the spoken word was also paramount. Indeed, these awards, the Senecas, are named after the great Roman playwright Seneca. And his works are still performed these days. Medea, the Trojan women, Oedipus, and they've inspired and influenced people over the centuries with their themes and, yes, with their stories. There are always new stories to be told, but we also love hearing the old stories told afresh. It's been my privilege to dramatize and direct several classic tales for Focus on the Family Radio Theater, including Silas Marner, by George Eliot. I was delighted to cast the wonderful actor Tenniel Evans as Dr. Kimball in Silas Marner, although I didn't realize at the time that Tenniel was actually related to the author. Here he is talking about his illustrious ancestor. She was my great-grandfather's sister, George Eliot, Mary Ann Evans, and uh, I've always been very proud of her and always wanted to be associated with her work. Mary Ann Evans was the daughter of Robert Evans, who was a, an estate manager and a cabinet maker. I'm sitting opposite a chair over there, which I inherited from my aunt, and it was actually made by Robert, I'm told. It's a very nice chair, sits at my desk, and I sit on it whenever I can. Mary Ann Evans was born in Chilverscoten, outside Nuneaton in England. She got on very well with her father. She was very religious, and then she suddenly became not quite so religious, and, and broke away, which distressed him. 
I've got a few of her books upstairs. I've got a couple of first editions. The family were very proud of her, but my family was completely unintellectual. And I think they were a bit alarmed by the cleverness of her work. I don't think they, they could quite cope with it. <laughs> and so it wasn't until I was quite old and I was got in touch with by the George Agent Fellowship. And I then became quite interested, started to read her novels. I was brought up in Warwickshire, outside Coventry, and so I knew that kind of area. I think it's a very redemptive story, and I think this is the thing about it. Although she, she rather turned away from her religion, she never ceased to be a believer. She thought that people should be good, you know, and, and good to be nice to each other, which is, I think, rather interesting. As Tenniel said, Silas Marner is a very redemptive story, and that's really the key to the stories I work on. Madeleine Lengel wrote this, story tells us more than a story. Every story conveys not just the events and characters, but also a worldview, a heartbeat, a message. Here's a quote from the screenwriting expert, Robert McKee. The world now consumes films, novels, theater, and television, and I would add audio drama too, although McKee didn't mention it, consumes these things in such quantities and with such ravenous hunger that the story arts have become humanity's prime source of inspiration as it seeks to order chaos and gain insight into life, to grasp the pattern of living. Story isn't a flight from reality, but a vehicle that carries us on our search for reality. He goes on to say that stories are equipment for living, Wonderful phrase, equipment for living. It may sometimes appear to be frivolous to devote one's life to telling stories, but I think it's important. And that's why I believe as an artist and as a Christian that we should be telling the very best stories we can. C.S. Lewis talking about story famously said, it gets under our skin, hits us at a level deeper than our thoughts or even our passions. Troubles, oldest certainties until all questions are reopened, and in general, shocks us more fully awake than we are for most of our lives. And of course, the very best, the ultimate model of a storyteller is our Lord Jesus. He told stories, we call them parables, packed with so many layers of meaning that we continue to find new truths in them, even after reading them or better yet, hearing them over and over. Well, thank you for listening. And let me leave the last word to dear Brian Blessed. For there are always more stories to be told and more adventures to be had. Oh, what a wonderful, delightful talk. Thank you, Mr. Philip Glassborough. Goodness. So many times today we've been uh, left speechless. <laughs> That's exactly what it feels like. Yes, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Andrew. Just so much packed into that. And uh, I love just the whole discussion about story and life and just how they're so intertwined. And uh, it's fascinating. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. So this talk really... Uh, really resonated with me. So thank you again, Philip. We, we deeply, deeply appreciate it. 
Well, we have a few more awards categories to announce. So it is back to you, Heidi. Best short form audio drama The Ant and the Grasshopper, Skyship Dreamer from Abide from Guideposts, The Christmas Bells, Adventures in Odyssey from Focus on the Family, Jimmy and the Carnival Fantastic, Base Camp Adventures from Life Action, Unrelatable, Adventures in Odyssey from Focus on the Family. Worth it. Adventures and Odyssey from Focus on the Family. And the winner of the best short form audio drama. Oh no. Now it's unbreakable glue. Boy. Apparently Roy is a man of the man of steel. He uh, opens these with no problems. All right. Best short form audio drama, The Christmas Bells from Adventures and Odyssey by Focus on the Family. Oh, hi, Zoe. Zoe! Hi, Pastor. Jason, I need help. How can I help you, Zoe? With research and a little inspiration, I hope. I have a history project to do and an article to write, and I have no idea what the subject should be for either of them. Can I look around? Sure, help yourself. This might be something you could use, Zoe. Mm, that's nice. Recognize it? Sure. It's that Christmas carol. Do you know the words? Uh, no, not really. Sing it, Uncle Willie. I heard the bells on Christmas Day Their old familiar carols play And wild and sweet the words repeat Of peace on earth, goodwill to men Congratulations, Adventures in Odyssey. Many happy returns. Oh, wait, no, that's birthdays. Sorry. <laughs> Congratulations. And our next category. Best long-form audio drama. A gift from Audio Imagination 77 Productions. The Architect. A bit of time travel from somewhat significant audio productions. Freedom. William Bradford and the American Pilgrims. Brinkman Adventures from Beach Glass Ministries. Lost in Space, Professor Phineas T. Boggs and his incredible go-back time machine from the Academy of Arts. Whale of a Tale, Patch the Pirate from Majesty Music. And the winner is... Freedom, William Bradford and the American Pilgrims, Brinkman Avengers. Of Plymouth Plantation by William Bradford. Well, that book is the most authoritative account of the pilgrims. It's also the first American history book. Really? I think I might have read parts of this in high school. Want to get it? Can we? Sure. Well, that book itself has quite an illustrious history. It's a miracle, really, that we have it today. Why is that? Well, do you have time for a short story? Of course. William Bradford's hand wrote that book on parchment paper between the years 1630 and 1651. He never attempted to publish the work. Before he died, he passed it on to his son, William. Son, I, I want you to have this. It is the history of the plantation as I have committed it to the page. Years later, 
William passed the book on to his son, Major John Bradford. By 1736, somehow it had found its way into the steeple tower of a historic church in downtown Boston, where it resided safely for the next 35 years. Wait, why the steeple of a church? Congratulations to the Brinkman Adventures. Well, we just heard from Philip Glassborough a few minutes ago, and he just finished working on the next Augustan Institute Radio Theater production, and it is the story of Joan of Arc, and it's called Warrior Maiden, the story of Joan of Arc. And he reached out to Paul McCusker, who is the writer-director for that series and asked if it would be okay to share a little snippet of that upcoming production with all of you tonight at the Seneca Awards. And Augustine Institute and Paul agreed and said, yes, we can. So it is currently in post-production. They just recorded it this past summer in London. And Todd Bastide is working on the post-production as we speak. And he cut together a little scene here so that you can get a little glimpse at this show that is coming up. Thank you very much to Paul McCusker and the Augustine Institute for allowing us to do this. And thank you to Todd for getting this together really quickly uh, right after they, they were recording and he cut this scene together. Uh, so this is just the voice tracks. There's no post-production and this may not even be the final draft or or whatever you want to call it. So um, this is very early stages of post-production, but they wanted to give us a little sneak peek. So as I mentioned, Todd uh, is working on the post-production, Paul McCusker is writer and director, and the cast in this scene includes Philip, Philip Sherlock, as Monchon and Chris Larkin as Conchon and David Calder as Fontaine and Oliver Dimsdale as Louis Lure. And this is a little uh, little snippet of the story of Joan of Arc. Pardon my terrible French pronunciations. <laughs> sit, my good men, sit. I am Bishop Cochon, the judge of this trial. We know you well, Eminence. Do you know one another? Our ecclesiastical notary, Guillaume Monchon. Eminence? Will serve as court scribe, diligently recording all questions and answers. My good friend, Jean Le Fontaine, will serve as our examiner asking what questions are needed to prove her guilt. I am eager to serve, Eminence. Um, establish her guilt, my Lord Bishop, but not prove it. I will not quibble. Nicolas Loiseleur is a canon from the cathedral here in Rouen. Monsieur. Uh, to serve what purpose, Eminence? You ask many questions, Monchon. Perhaps I should have you question the girl. Forgive me, Eminence. I only wish to be clear about how we will proceed. We will proceed as is customary. First, the investigations and inquiries. Second, the trial itself. May I ask, my lord, how you were given permission to serve as judge outside of your jurisdiction? I worked hard to secure the peasant girl from the Burgundians for the English. But does that not make you partial to the outcome, Eminence? How can you judge fairly? Monsieur... Are you questioning my ability to conduct this trial? I only wish to understand why there are so many irregularities. I will not be a party no to... No one will ask you to compromise your integrity, Monchon. 
Do not be concerned. But I am concerned, my lord. <sighs> Only today I learned that the investigators sent to Doimi returned with a declaration that the girl is without fault regarding witchcraft or anything unholy, yet their assessment has been suppressed. I know nothing of that. And you would do well to keep your attention on your work at the trial and forget gossip and innuendo. You may go now. Eminem? I wish to speak to these gentlemen about their work. Au revoir, mon chou. Yes, my lord. Good day. Mm, so there you have it. Ominous. Yes. <laughs> so great to hear uh, Philip in another production. And uh, really looking forward to this one. I believe it uh, is scheduled to come out later this year. But uh, don't hold me to that. I don't, I don't know 100% for sure on that one. Well, we have come to our final category of the night. And this is our new category for this year, the People's Choice Audio Drama of the Year. The first round nominees were all selected by you, the fans. Those top five shows moved on to the second round of voting and were once again voted on by... You, the listeners, and the, the committee does not take part in these votes. So this is all about you. So here are our nominees for this year. People's Choice Audio Drama of the Year. A gift from Audio Imagination 77 Productions. The Cask of Amontillado from Markiewicz Audio Works. The Hidden Hand, Lamplighter Theater from Lamplighter Ministries. Pirateer Season 2 from Eternal Future Productions. The Titanic Wave from Legacy Radio Theater. Ooh, this is JD. Oh. Should do this one. Oh, okay. Since it... it's the last one. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and do this and see if I can get this envelope open. There we go. And the winner for People's Choice Audio Drama of the Year 2021, a gift from Audio Imagination 77 Productions. How about it, Remy? Shall we get out of this cold for a minute? Hello? Oh! I'm sorry if I startled you. How can I help? Oh, no. I was just walking by and saw your lights on, so I... So you decided to come in and do a bit of last-minute shopping? Uh, no. <laughs> Not exactly. No? Yeah, I, um... Is something the matter? You seem a bit, shall we say, confused. Well, to be honest, I am. Well... Perhaps we can get to the bottom of this confusion. Why not tell me about it, Miss... Uh, Davis. Malia Davis. Very nice to meet you, Miss Davis. As you were saying... Well, you see, I've lived here for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I take my dog for walks down this street twice a day for the last six, and I... Yes? Well, I'm a little embarrassed to ask, but... I've never seen this store before tonight. Did you recently open? As in today? Uh, 
This afternoon, to be precise? Oh, no. Goodwin's Goods has been here forever. Forever? Yes. We've been here for over a hundred years. Well, congratulations to Matthew Warner and his team over at Audio Imagination 77 Productions. And congratulations to all of the nominees this year. I just have such a, a fun time working on the Senecas every year and getting to recognize the, the amazing work that goes on in this space. And it's, it's, a, it's such a joy. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. And we thank you for the opportunity as well, JD, and for the ideas and making all this happen. Oh, it's, it, again, it's my pleasure. Well, that does it for this year. We have come to the end. It's uh, it's bittersweet. I think I say that every year, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, if you would like to be our featured skit for next year's awards, uh, you can send an email to info at org. Send in your audio drama of about five minutes in length. And uh, the submissions for the sixth annual awards for productions released in 2022 are open now. TheSenecas.org and click the submissions button for all of the information there. Again, the submission window has been narrowed from what it was the first uh, four years, so um, don't miss out. And if you have not yet tuned into Audio Theater Central, the podcast that uh, we host every month, or haven't checked out the information on our blog uh, be sure to do that at audiotheatercentral.com. Well, thanks again to our sponsors. Links to all of them are at thesenecas.org. Head over there. Thank them for their for their support if you have a minute. Thank you, Roy, Andrew. Always a pleasure to do this with you oh, guys. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you to the voting committee. We could not do this without you. And thank you to our announcer, Heidi. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next year. The Audio Theater Central Seneca Awards is a trademark of Porchlight Family Media. Tonight's broadcast was produced by J.D. Sutter, Roy Allison, and Josh Rodriguez. Solomon Kim composed our theme music. Graphic design by Aesthetico Designs. Special thanks to our guest presenters, Kathy Buchanan and Philip Glassborough. Thanks also to Denny Brownlee of Playful World Ministries for allowing us to feature his work tonight. And thanks to the Audio Drama Alliance for their hard work on The Lucky Penny. Thank you to Paul McCusker and the Augustan Institute for letting us share the teaser clip of Warrior Maiden. Special thanks to all our partners for helping make this possible. Blueberry Podcasting, OdysseyFan.com, Adagio Tees, and the Classic Tales audiobooks. Congratulations to all of tonight's winners. I'm Heidi Stewart. Good night. Porchlight Family Media. Your source for family-centered content. Porchlightfamilymedia.com.